0: You're listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White and if you're a new coach, especially a new coach, you're going to really get a lot out of this episode, I think. It's called Three Ways to Be a More Compassionate Coach. Sooner or later, you're going to learn that your clients are showing up in various states of excitement, fatigue and motivation to the coaching sessions they have with you. Sometimes they'll show up feeling flustered and agitated Sometimes they'll walk into the room overexcited. (laughs) Sometimes they'll be serene and calm, and sometimes they'll show up stuck, demotivated, and negative. It's a bit of a Russian roulette. And unless you have a way of facing whatever comes up, then you're probably going to struggle to maintain your own focus, energy, and self-confidence as a coach in that session. Maybe you'll take their emotions personally, or you might start feeling like you need to give them something or fix them by the end of the session, but None of those things are true. What is true is that emotions are contagious. So, when your client shows up in a certain state, all you need to do is to be present in your own space, resilient with that, and able to meet them where they are at. So, if you want to remain neutral, open, objective, and empathetic in a session, to be totally focused and in the moment, thinking only of the client's agenda, then you really need to know how to show up to that session the right way and how to handle a client's emotions in your coaching session, negative or positive. So this episode explores three ways that I use to be a more compassionate coach and hopefully this is going to help you with your coaching practice. Let's talk first about why emotional balance matters. It's fine to step into these three ways to create more self-compassion but why is it so important to do that? Well the primary reason is that your emotional state has an enormous impact on your brain's capacity for learning. Think about what that means for you as a coach in a coaching session. Think about what that means for your client in a coaching session. Let's get more specific. If you or your client come into a session feeling frazzled self-critical, angry, sad, exhausted or frustrated or any other negative emotion, then it's going to reduce your or their ability to learn new skills, to listen actively, to take in knowledge and to remember things. So if you as the coach are thinking things like I'm no good or oh no what do I say next or what sort of question should I ask, I don't think I'm helping this person, then If you're thinking those things, you'll bring your focus to those things, and you'll be less present, less attentive, and less alert. You won't be able to actively listen and really guide the session to to the client's agenda. And if your client is verbalizing things like "I'm no good," or "I failed," or "I messed up again," or "I'm never going to get it right," then they're bringing their focus and attention to what isn't working. And so their negative feelings are holding them back. And in that case, they're effectively sapping brain resources and they're becoming stuck. Our prefrontal cortex is impaired by negative emotions. And this means that negative emotions stifle our creativity, our cognitive ability, our curiosity and our strategic thinking. And as you know, if you've trained in positive psychology, all of these things are things that we need to be creatively problem solving. We need that curiosity, that strategic thinking, that cognitive ability to unpack things. We need to be creative to come up with new goals and to maintain our motivation. So unless you manage this stuff properly, you risk being sucked into the vortex of your own emotions or your client's emotions. You end up becoming consumed by them and unable to focus on the coaching relationship. And I have to admit, I know this really well. When I first started coaching, sometimes I took on the client's state at the start of the session. If they walked in feeling miserable, I got sucked into that energy. And sometimes I took their emotions home with me. If they'd had a tough day and they were thrashing through a session feeling stuck, that's how I'd feel, stuck and dejected at the end. And sometimes I expected the worst from a session when I knew I would be seeing a client who was overly negative. None of that did me or my clients any favours. It distracted me from their agenda and my ability to coach them effectively. And then finally one day I had a powerful aha moment after feeling particularly miserable about my coaching skills. I thought, wow, these feelings are all about me and how I feel and coaching needs to be all about the client. I need to switch this around and I realized I needed to develop some strategies to help me to get into that it's all about the client headspace so I could truly serve them as a coach. The difference is really significant. When you and your client are able to be emotionally neutral or positive or to get to that state Then your prefrontal cortex is activated, and you're both more ready, willing, and able to listen, reflect, and learn. Your client will get so much out of the session if they can become emotionally neutral or even positive. And it's your job as the coach to be in that space and to hold it. If you can do that, you'll be calm and present, you'll be mindful. And you'll truly hear the needs of the client so that you can respond appropriately rather than thinking about all of the things that you're doing wrong or that you should be doing. If you're doing that, then you won't have that creative space to figure out what to do next in the session. And if you are more neutral and positive, your client's going to remember more. If they're able to get into that space themselves, they'll be able to come up with more of their own solutions, which is what coaching is all about. And when a client starts talking about the positives and the opportunities, it gives you an opportunity to broaden and build those positive emotions so that your client gets more out of a session. I had an experience like this recently. A client talked about a win that they'd had. And I said, tell me more about that. And she unpacked some more things, some more benefits of what had happened. And I said, gee, what do you think caused that? And then she unpacked some more benefits and I said, wow, that sounds amazing. So you just said, and I linked all of the things that she said, and she said, yes, and, and she built on it even more. So by the end of the session, this one thing that she'd done had created 10 positive outcomes, 10, and they were significant. And what she realized was that by doing one thing, she could effectively change almost everything in a particular situation. This was a powerful moment. And that's an example of how that broaden and build theory that mining into positive experiences can be so powerful. If I had been stuck and wondering what to ask next or rushing through the session, trying to get her to goals so I could fix what was going on, then that wouldn't have happened. So I'm sure you can see why emotional balance matters for both the coach and the client. And as a coach, you know that the only person you can control is yourself and your own thoughts, right? So your priority is to learn how to manage your own fears, insecurities and inadequacies and to be able to handle your client's emotional state, however they show up to the session. And that's why I want to talk to you today about being a more compassionate coach Because self-compassion and compassion for others are great ways to maintain your own emotional state and energy in a session and to help your clients get more of a creative, optimistic and motivated state so they can come up with their own ideas and solve their own problems. So with that in mind, let's talk about the self-compassion being skills. And these are the skills that you show up with in the session to set the scene to maintain your own emotions, and to help the clients to become more neutral in an emotional way. The first thing you need to do to be a more compassionate coach is to show up with that compassionate coaching presence. And that means that you're using the being skills of compassion, which are warmth, patience, mindfulness, calm, and empathy, among others. They're the main ones. When you show up with that warmth, patience, mindfulness, calm and empathy, it helps you to be fully present for your client and to put your own beliefs, judgments and biases aside so you can truly focus on the client's needs, wants and agenda. So I'd like to share my process with you, the process that I use for building self-compassion and this process helps me to avoid being sucked into my client's energy and emotions and to get into a really compassionate headspace for the session so I can be fully present for them. And I want to say that this practice is an ongoing practice. There are things that I do as a maintenance-type activity, and there are things that I do in the moment right before the session. And I want to talk about both of those. There are four things that I do to maintain my being skills around self-compassion. Firstly, I work with my own coach for my own personal development. Secondly, I use a pre-session ritual. Thirdly, I intentionally practice my being skills in my daily life. And finally, number four, I manage my own emotions through self-coaching and self-compassion exercises. So that's the four things I do. And since I'm always banging on about working with a coach, and that's an easy one for you to figure out on your own. I don't want to talk about that one today but I want to talk about the other three in more depth so that you can start thinking about what you might do. These are just my examples and I want you to think about your version of this, what would work for you. So let's start with pre-session rituals. So these are the things that you can do to get into the headspace of compassion, to bring all of those being skills into the forefront right before you work with a client. And I think that nearly everybody, every coach that I know that's successful in their business has a pre-session ritual. You need to choose something that works for you, but here are a few ideas. You could spend five to ten minutes meditating, for example, using the Headspace app. You could spend five minutes doing a breathing exercise, such as the 4-7-8 exercise. You could take a short walk in nature, standing upright and striding purposefully and breathing deeply and I reference Amy Cuddy's power poses here. You might like to look that up. That's a whole other episode. You could visualize yourself being present and calm and mindful and having a really successful session with your client or you could listen to calming music. So basically, you're looking for any sort of ritual that quiets the inner voice and brings you into a calm, present state. I like to walk out into my garden and mindfully observe the plants in my garden to hear the sounds of nature and to fully connect with that and to feel the gratitude, love and awe around those things. That's my personal ritual. But sometimes I do any of the others if I feel like it. So my question to you is, what would you do to relax and become present for your coaching session? Which of those sounds like something that you would do or is there something else? And what would best suit your learning style? Are you an audio learner, an interactive learner, a visual learner? What would help you to get into that space that uses your learning style? And finally what equipment resources or tools would you need to enact that pre-session ritual? If you don't have a pre-session ritual already, you may like to experiment with two or three of those and see what helps you to feel most grounded and calm and ready for your session. Otherwise, if you have a pre-session ritual, good for you. (laughs) Let's move on to number two, my second tool for being a more compassionate coach. And this is intentionally practicing the being skills of self-compassion. Here's a fact When you radiate warmth, patience, mindfulness, calm and empathy, then you will show up with compassion and those feelings will rub off on your client. Yes, emotions are contagious. They're going to rub off on your client and your clients will be therefore better equipped to settle down, to let go of the past, to accept themselves and to feel self-compassion. And then they'll be more able to make peace with their challenges, And move forward. So if you're self-compassionate and you have an active practice around that, you will be better equipped to help your clients to zoom out of any emotional reactions in the moment so that they can more objectively review those events and see things as they are without judgment and they may start seeing opportunities for change more easily. So here's what I do to intentionally practice the being skills of self-compassion, and I like to think of this as putting money in the bank for a rainy day. It's the same principle as building resilience. There are certain things you can do as a practice, proactively instead of reactively, to build, and that's what this is for me. At the start of each calendar month, I choose one being skill that I'd like to focus on for the month, and I write it in big letters in the top of the first day of my diary first day of the month, that is. And then I look for at least one opportunity each day to intentionally practice that skill in a conversation with a friend, a family member or a client. And I reflect on that skill before I do a coaching session in that month and I look for opportunities to bring it into the session, if relevant, to either help my client move into a neutral place or to help them to broaden and build on a positive moment. So I really love doing this because it's a continual practice of polishing up my skills even the ones i'm good at and especially the ones i'm not so good at sometimes i find warmth really difficult and so my practice for that month will be smiling at people smiling at myself in the mirror as well and smiling when i'm on the phone to clients or in a zoom meeting so that's my personal practice that may not be what you want to do so my question is what would you do to strengthen your being skills how could you bring attention and practice to those being skills to sharpen them up and to help you to be more self-compassionate overall which ones do you think need work for you would it be calm empathy warmth patience mindfulness or something else the third thing I do and important for all coaches to do this in some way, is to manage my own thoughts, and that includes being self-compassionate. Those of you who know me know that I'm a huge advocate of the self-coaching model that Brooke Castillo created from the Life Coach School. It's a version of the ABCDE model, if you know that, from Cognitive Behaviour Therapy, and it's all about changing your internal dialogue. So to stop catastrophizing, criticizing, judging, and blaming, so that your self-talk becomes more neutral and factual. And I can't stress how important this work is for everybody, coaches and clients alike. Think of it as an ongoing practice. People go, oh, well, I've done some modelling and my thoughts are good now. But I I invite you to think of this as if you are learning a new language. And you are. It's learning a new internal dialogue, one that's more empathetic, nurturing and compassionate. When your default thinking patterns are around judgment and anger or other things like that, criticism, then that's a language that you have for yourself. And thought modeling allows you to rewire your automatic thoughts so that your own internal dialogue and language is different and more positive or more neutral. So, the first thing I do to be more self compassionate is to use the model to rewire my thoughts. And the second thing I do is to use the tools of self-compassion as a regular practice and in the moments that I feel emotional pain. You can learn more about self-compassion in episode 76 of my podcast, and you can visit self-compassion.org, there is the hyphen in there, for some tools to help you to become more self-compassionate. There are a variety of exercises. And rather than talk about all of the exercises, because I have mentioned some of these in episode 76, I want to talk now about my practice for those more intense emotional moments of suffering. And these are useful, whether they happen on a coaching day where I'll be working with clients or on any other day, because the better I am at self-compassion, the more easily I'll be able to help my clients to develop those skills. So I'm always watching myself talk. And when I Catch my inner critic calling me a name, judging me, then I go into a practice of self-kindness. I first replace that negative thought with something kind. And to do this really effectively, I imagine that I'm talking to a friend who felt like this rather than myself. I find it easy to shift into that third person and say, wow, I caught myself judging myself. What would I say to a friend who felt like this? And it becomes easy to come up with the alternative. Then I remember that other people suffer with this too, this judgment, this criticism. I think about others that I know who've suffered and been through it. And then I bring myself to the present moment. I focus on my breath or even better step out into nature and know that this is a moment of suffering and I can feel it, but it's going to pass. And by being mindful and focusing on what's in my immediate present moment, it helps me to shift out of that emotion easily. Being in nature really helps me to zoom out and get perspective, to feel gratitude and then warmth and to become calm again. But I have also acknowledged and allowed the emotion to happen through the process of self-compassion. So to wrap this podcast up, the summary is charity begins at home. And I ask the question of you, how can we show up with empathy for our clients and to put judgment aside if we can't be compassionate with ourselves. That's why I'm saying charity begins at home. So if you want to be a more compassionate coach, you need to do two things. Firstly, to manage your own emotions and self-compassion, and secondly, to show up with your compassionate being skills in your coaching sessions with clients. And in this episode, I described my own practice of four things that I do to build self-compassion and compassion for others. That is working with my own coach, using pre-session rituals to enhance my being skills for my client's benefit, intentionally practicing my being skills every month, focusing on one at a time in my daily conversations, and finally managing my own thoughts with self-coaching and using the tools of self-compassion. If you would like to become more self-compassionate, visit melaniejwhite.com and click the free chat page to inquire about a good fit session with myself or to find out about contacting a coach in your area if you prefer. Self-compassion is a really important thing for coaches and clients and I hope that you find the time and energy to invest in developing your being skills of self-compassion. Thanks for listening and I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.